And I think the word submission can have kind of some dual meanings. It, I think it can accurately describe weak behavior or poor behavior. But, yes. But I also think it can, I think it is also a virtue. But I would kind of like to hear your thoughts on it too. I'm curious, I'm, because I think there could be some holes in some of my thinking or maybe some of my beliefs that I would kind of like just to bounce off someone else's ideas. So I kind of want to know your opinions of when submission is a virtue and when it's a weakness, like what that looks like to you and I guess just your perception of that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, the part I'm sort of thinking about is if submission is the, is the word I would use or not or when it's a virtue or when it's – so let me just think well, about yeah. that a little bit. But, so the yeah. word – I the word <laughs> – I think naturally is a bit of a trigger to me. Like, I don't like the word, I'll be honest. Um, yeah. And it doesn't use it very often in the scriptures, but there are a couple of times in the Book of Mormon where, like, a prophet is saying, be humble, be meek, be submissive. So I think, okay. Yeah. Like, there's obviously something positive for that because obviously God would never ask us to be something that was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what I hear in that that idea is that there is a strength in humility. True humility is a strength. It's a virtue because what it is is not feeling bad about yourself. It's being open to learning new things both about yourself and about reality. And you're not going to subjugate what's true or good to your pride. Yeah. So someone who's truly humble is does not, you know, as, as I'm sure this is not a new idea. What I'm saying right now doesn't feel bad about themselves. It has nothing to do with feeling worthless. It's right. about being open to where you're wrong. It's about being open to doing what's right, even if it's hard. So it's more. What I think gets implied in submission is a kind of loss of self, a kind of um, kind of that doormat martyr yeah. view, As, and so it's kind of like you're just throwing your sense of self away. Where I think if you're going to think of submitting to something, it's an act of will to do so. Right. You're okay. saying. You know, I choose to, um, what's the word I would say, to yield to this view or reality, or I choose to be open to this view or reality because I believe it's the right thing to do it. Yeah. Well, interesting that you yield because I think yield, I think they go inside, they, they, uh, I think they're the same submitting and yielding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think, yeah. And even in the scriptures, I think it uses, it uses yield. I think it uses yield more than it does submit. Yeah. I don't know, really, but it yeah. feels that way. Yeah. Um, well, I think the enemy, to, the enemy to God is pride in the way, which is that I have the notion that I'm superior, that I understand better that I've got it down and I don't need to be open to or yield to any other view. 
I also think an enemy to God is the kind of self-preoccupied, self-hatred, martyr position. Which is a kind of loss of self so you don't have to take responsibility for yourself. Right, and that's kind of, um, I guess, the audience that I want to speak to towards more. Not so much trying to convince people who are prideful to consider being more humble, but it's more... And more speaking towards those who are more likely to submit, but yeah. maybe are not doing it for virtuous or strong reasons. Um, yes, I think like what you just said. Like uh, I think there's some. I think there's a tendency to be a martyr in the sense that I don't know. I can't make this decision on my own. I don't have good enough judgment. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. Therefore, I have to default to yeah. somebody else. Tell me what to do. Yeah. Yeah, well, and and so there's the kind of I'm not good enough, therefore I, I must yield. But there's also I don't want to take the risk. I don't want the exposure. I don't want to have to take the responsibility for yeah. a position. So in the name of weakness, I will use you and have you take responsibility for my decision. Yes, and then throw it under the... Under the submissive, humble... Yeah. <laughs> right. And really, when really you're using another person, so you don't have to be a, become an adult. You don't yeah. have to take responsibility for your choices. You know, when submission is a virtue, it's an active choice to yield to something because you think it will create the greater good. It's not yeah. driven by fear. It's driven by moral courage. Right. So. Yes, I would agree. Like, I think if it's done out of fear, I think it's doing it out of weakness. Yes, definitely. Okay, so then I one thing I feel like, I think in order to have, to be able to submit in a way that's virtuous, uh-huh. I kind of feel like you have to have um, maybe this knowledge or this confidence that whoever, I mean, whether it be God or a coworker or whatever that is presenting a different opinion or a different view or a different action. Yeah. Um, I think in order to be able to submit to that, you have to first have some sort of trust in that individual and their motive. Yeah. That's right. Definitely. But I think it's a it's a grounded trust. It's not just a fairyland trust. It's like a grounded faith. It's like you go to the doctor and you see that the doctor has good reviews. You know he has a lot of information about this particular kind of cancer. You can track that he's done some time, spent some time looking at your particular tumor. You know, I'm just using an example. Yeah. And and so yes, on some level, trusting that doctor's treatment plan, it's an act of submission because they know more than you do about it. So it's but it's a grounded trust it's it, you know you you there is some risk in it but you've tracked enough to say I think it makes sense to relinquish some of the decision making I wouldn't quite say it like that then I'm entrusting his judgment as a way of increasing my ability to survive <laughs> right but it's yeah, not a kind of fairyland trust which is, I don't, you know, I actually am not really paying attention. I just don't want to deal with the risk. And so I'm just going to kind of 
do whatever they say. But it's it's like a more um, it's an irresponsible forsaking of responsibility. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Important. It's like a I I would like blind obedience versus yes obedience out right. of like your good judgment. Yes, exactly. Okay, so the one example that I'm thinking of is, you know, Nephi, <laughs> he's the Book of Mormon. Yeah. yeah. In the moment when he's cutting off Laban's head. Yeah. And he's submitting to that. I mean, you think, yeah. I guess, I guess you already said it. I think in that moment, you have to believe that it is for, it's I mean, what you think you yeah. have to believe in order to make that choice, yeah. you would have to know yeah. that there's something that you're not just yeah, doing it for some haphazard reason. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think that obedience in and of itself is a virtue, personally. I mean, we say that at church a lot. I think that's a wrong-headed idea. Because then you would have to say, well, all the people in Nazi Germany were, well, they were they were submitting. You know, they were obeying. <laughs> but they were entrusting in something that they could understand on in on some level was dark and fueled their sense of superiority. And so I think you are responsible for your choices, even when you're fought. I mean, ultimately, you're going to either survive the cancer or die from the cancer. You ultimately are responsible for your choices, even if you submit. Even if you submit. So you want, like, are you saying, even if you submit to the wrong That's right. cause or whatever? It's, that's right. And so the submission, in order to be a virtue, has to really be out of a desire to do good and your clearest judgment that it will yield that. That's what would make it a virtue. Yeah. Um, People, human beings do it all the time. In some ways, especially if you're in a needy position, you're more vulnerable to following a corrupt person than if you're less needy. It, there isn't a virtue inherently in yielding. It's, the, it's who you yield to and why you're yielding to them and what it's creating in you and in reality. Yeah. So, like, ironically, all this seems to just tie in together. Like, the motives behind it seems to, well, seems to either define yeah. it as a virtue or not. Like, if it's Definitely. motive out of fear or if it's motive out of good judgment. Um, right. And we, we encourage fear a lot in church because, we have the idea that you obey or else you will pay consequences. Or if you do obey, then you're going to have big rewards in the end. I think it's really the wrong frame because it's, it's more around trying to be good girls and boys or not get in trouble than it is about a kind of conscientious and deliberate consideration of the impact of your yielding or non-yielding. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's about a more responsible grown-up position than many of us take. Yeah. And that sometimes church leaders actually discourage because if you just have a bunch of sheep, they're easier to herd around. Exactly, to herd around. But if we're really going to become more godly, we can't just be sheep. We, we have to become wise. Yeah. And to become wise, you have to make decisions. You have to make mistakes. You have to learn wisdom who you're choosing. I see God as someone who is trying to get us to be agents for ourselves, who's trying to get us to be yeah. to make our own judgment, to be able to think yeah. on our own. And 
And it yeah. seems like <clears throat> this idea of submitting, I know it doesn't, but it feels like it kind of contradicts that. Yes. I think it does too. And I think I think that a lot of times our interpretations of scriptures and of faith and conference thoughts and so on are more in this line of what is more natural man than it is godly, which is do what I say and you'll get the blessings later and don't worry your pretty little head about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're the more that's easier. And so we, we encourage that in one another. If you Google my name, Finlayson and Fife and Integrity uh -huh. I did an interview for Dialogue Magazine on t integrity. So it's called Developing Integrity in an Uncertain World. And so I talk a lot about obedience versus integrity and my, and my notion of God and what it is to create that in our lives. And I think it might help your thinking about it. Yeah. Because I lay all these ideas out a little more thoroughly there. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, because yeah. when I look at submission, and I even when I even look at meek and humble, I mean, the more and more I look into it and I think about it, I it I don't think there's any way to really do it in a virtuous in a virtuous way unless you have a really strong character first. That's right. I agree with that. I mean, a lot of times somehow we turn the word meek into the word weak. Yeah. You know, like meek, like a clueless child. Right. Uh, and we want this idea that if you are powerless, then you're good because you're not a threat. Yeah. And that's just the wrong idea. Powerlessness, well, how is that virtuous? <laughs> you're going to create a better world. You need to have a, you need to be powerful. And by power, I don't mean the power to be destructive. I mean power, the power to do good. Right. The power to create better realities in your marriage, in your family, in your community, in your ward, in the world. That's a virtue. Yeah. And so to be able to do that, you have to learn wisdom. And to learn wisdom, it is helpful. It is a virtue to borrow wisdom from wise other people. Like, I don't want to do all the research of how to survive cancer. <laughs> I want someone else who's done it oh. all. Yeah, that, that makes means, sense. Right? So it's, a, it's valuable to borrow wisdom. But you want to be discerning about... But, but many of us are so afraid of making choices that we will yield unwisely because we don't want to really dig in and think about it. Yeah. You know, and you know, just like with my dad, he actually was being prescribed a certain course of treatment. It meant he was going to die, but he was just going to die a few months later. And my brother was really dissatisfied with that answer. And we started researching and researching and researching because he just kind of couldn't entrust. I mean, it was conventional what the doctor was saying, but my brother wasn't satisfied, so he just researched and researched and researched on himself, on his own, yeah. and then found found a trial that they were doing. My dad was accepted into it, and it cured his cancer completely. And and oh, now wow. it's, now it's now it's standard of care that trial. But had my brother not done the research, my dad would not be alive. And so, wow, it's really. <laughs> So there is a, there's a certain amount of risk in trust and trusting. You want to know that your best efforts have even allowed that entrusting based on how much is at risk. Yeah. So for example, if, if my bishop says, look, we've decided to split the word and 
even though it's inconvenient for you, we think this would be the better reality for you to go to this other ward where there's not enough leadership or whatever it is, and you know it's really inconvenient to you, you may still choose to submit to it, not because you're afraid of blessings or not non-blessings, yeah. but because you're saying, look, they can probably understand this reality better than I can. They're saying I need it, and I think I can offer it, and it's the way to create the greater good is to just submit to that, even though it will cost more of me personally than those who are not being asked to do that. I think that's a virtuous submission if it's done in that frame, which is they have more ability to make that call. Yeah. I trust their judgment. I'm willing to submit to it because I think I can truly offer it. And so it is a submission of self for the greater good and not having to control it and make it, you know. Yeah. But it's not, it's not groundless. It's, it's grounded submission. Yeah. See, when you're looking at the larger picture and saying, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. And I think that can be a real virtue as long as it's not considered a virtue always and no matter what. You know, like when I was called to be in Young Women's and I had my special needs child and it was just too much for me to be there on Sundays and weeknights. It was just, it was asking too much of my family at that point. Yeah. And so I just went into the bishop and said, I either need you to release me or I need to be free of the nighttime obligation. Uh, obligation. And they decided to let go of the Tuesday night obligation. And then I was able to do it. But my point is, I don't think it would have been a virtue if I just kept doing that because I didn't want to cause any waves and I just thought I should submit. Right. Then it's like, then I'm actually creating less good because I'm only doing it because I don't want to make waves. Not because I actually think it's serving the greater good for me to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah, see, when you explain it that way, yeah, it, I mean, it's obvious that it takes real emotional development in order to really submit in a virtuous way. Like, yeah. there's nothing about what well, I believe in God that says he wants us to be these mindless drones right. that he just controls at whim. Right. Like, I think I right. cannot even accept that at all. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Right. That was Satan's idea. Just do whatever we say. <laughs> right. Have no thoughts about it. Have no feelings about it. And everything's going to be great. And I guess the foundation of our theology is that that was not an acceptable idea. Yeah. Yeah. Is that we had to be choosers if we were going to develop. So I think it's a corruption to be hyper-fixated on obedience, personally, and submission. At least our interpretation of the word submission. Right, and that is what I'm trying to, like, yeah. I guess get to the bottom of and articulate in a way that, because I'm not saying submission is is wrong and we should avoid it at all costs and we should be these free thinkers right. and do whatever the heck we want, but I think right. we don't take the time right. to look it's at it. To what is it's submitting to what is true and good. That I can handle. Submitting yeah. to the greater good. But the only way you know it's the greater good is because you've thought about it and you recognize there's an alternative that you think is less good. But it's a it's an act of agency and will to submit. Yeah. Where we want to make it like you strip your will from you. And I think that's wrong. I, I don't think that's the way to think about it. It's a channeling of your will towards what you believe is right. 
channeling of your agency towards what you need will create more goodness. Yeah. It looks submissive, but it's an act of courage. I almost think in order to submit to, you have to be fully aware of <clears throat> your desires and be willing to re yeah. be responsible for them. I don't know that you can submit if you don't really. I agree. I agree. Desire anything, or if you desire less, or. Right. I agree. Because first of all, none of us are desireless, <laughs> and true. so to take on that position is to kind of not take real responsibility for what you want and what you believe is right, and it will always create resentment and, and or weakness when you do that. So it is not godly, even if it makes those who want you to submit happy in the short term. <laughs>